Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't mean anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun <laughs> to, to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None of this is possible. It's Steve! It's Steve! <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! Hey, what's up, everyone? Steve Zakawani here. And welcome to episode three, I believe, of Winging It with Zakawani. The season's here in full swing. We've had a Champions League round go by first leg, second leg against Santa Tecla. And as I predicted, the team would win 3-0. They actually went on 1-4-0. But on this podcast, we're going to focus more on what I've just seen. I'm sitting here still at the stadium, having just witnessed the home opener, Sounders FC against LA FC. And result-wise... It didn't go as planned. There's no way getting around that. You don't want to lose 1-0 on an opening game, and especially not to an expansion team. But as we begin to kind of dissect what happened and what didn't happen, you'll see it wasn't as bad as it seemed, and there actually is a lot of positives to take from the game. The first positive is this. The chances created. There's two things that happens in football when you're not scoring goals. One, the first question you ask is, are we creating chances? If you're not scoring goals, you ask, are we creating the chances? If the answer to that is no, you're in trouble. If the answer is yes, then you know it's only a matter of time until one finds the back of the net. And that's the feeling I got today. If this game maybe had 10 more minutes, 15 more minutes, I'm convinced the Seattle Sounders would have found a way to score a goal. And the chances created came in different ways. There were crosses that came into the box and Christian Rodan got in the end one with a header. Will Bruin was on the end of a couple. There was the goal that was disallowed for offside. That was Will Bruin. There were shots from distance. There were through balls. There was... Handwala Bona came on. We'll talk about him in a second. And he was dangerous and almost got an assist. And so there was a lot of positives there from what essentially, definitely wasn't the Sounders' first team. Where was Clint Dempsey? Victor Rodriguez? Osvaldo Alonso? Roman Torres only played a half. No Chad Marshall. Kelvin Ladham. I mean, these are big players who, if you have a one-off MLS Cup final... Every single one of those names is in the lineup. And I didn't even mention the lack of Jordan Morris, who, as we'll see, is going to be missed. Because it's games like today where maybe you have to stretch that back line, put them under more pressure. And we didn't quite have that. But with saying that, the Sounders had 20 plus shots and just didn't find a way to score. It was more a case of, not our day, then we're not good enough. We're not making chances. It wasn't that. Credit to LAFC. First 15 minutes, phenomenal. Fantastic going forward. Carlos Vela, Latif Blessing, Rossi, Urena, Benny Felheiber. All the guys that I've just named were worth the price of admission. They came in and took it to the Sounders in the first 10, 15 minutes. That attacking group. They don't defend as they got exposed more and more as the game went on. But on the ball, fantastic. Carlos Vera is a guy, he's a kind of player MLS should be attracting. In his prime, a great background in his career already. Maybe hasn't even lived up to the heights he's supposed to have yet, but you can't deny the quality. If you're watching that game as a neutral, even as a Sounders fan, and we love good soccer up here in the Pacific Northwest, here in Seattle especially, he was fantastic. And so sometimes you tip your hat off and say, hey, you guys scored a great goal. You look at the big picture. We had our chances. On another day, we may win. So there's nothing to panic about for the Sounders. Tough way to start the season. You lose a game. But let me be the first to remind you. 2016, home opener. 
Seattle versus Sporting Kansas City, I believe. 1-0 defeat. Lots of chances. Couldn't find the back of the net. Red card to O'Neill Fisher. Sound familiar? Just happened today. Lots of chances. 1-0 defeat. Red card to Tony Alfaro. 2016 season ended lifting a trophy in Toronto. So, of course, all is not lost. Tough result to begin the season, but you cannot overreact. The game plan went to plan. It's a tough week with it sandwiched in between two Champions League games. Can't play certain players. Certain players have injuries. The group branch to put out there is not his first choice lineup and still created 20 plus chances and really should have won the game. Lots more to come on Winging It with Zakwani. Stay tuned. When we return, I'll have my friend, the man from ESPN, Taylor Twelman joining us on the podcast to get his thoughts on what we just saw this afternoon here in Seattle and kind of big picture things concerning the rest of the league here for the 2018 season. Stay tuned. We'll be back on Winging It with Zach Warney. Team never gave up as evident as evident by, you know, they won the majority of their duels. You know, we got a man sent off. And they continued to press forward. They continued to press to try and get the tying goal. There was never, ever in any second of any of us sitting on that bench, and I don't think anybody up in the stands, it didn't see the effort that they put into the game. So that's probably the positive. And welcome back to Winging It with Zakwani. I'm sitting here with someone who I think the first time I met him, I was the night before the 2009 MLS draft. Yep. And my agent brought him to a dinner we were having. And from that moment, I became aware of who he was. He's someone who I think, if he didn't get certain injuries, would have broken the MLS goal-scoring record. I think I've said that. And Well, you have to say it because now I'm on your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and scored a bunch of goals for the national team. But obviously, he's a voice, one of the voices of US soccer. We hear him all over ESPN. And it's great to have you in Seattle, in the studio. What's up, my man? How Taylor are you? Taylor the man. Good to see How you, are you? I'm doing I good. actually remember that. You do? I do. Yeah, Rich, that was awesome. Rich brought you to the restaurant. Um, we've just watched the game. Yeah. Sound is LAFC. So I want your initial thoughts on what was good and bad for both teams. Uh, let's start with Seattle. Yeah. Hometown team. Um, a little surprised that they were the better team with a second choice lineup. Yeah. You know, if not for <laughs> former Seattle Tyler Miller, yeah. uh, how well he played. He stood on his head. A couple great saves. Yeah. Steve, to be honest with you, I was a little surprised because I feel like without Jordan Morris in the lineup, right. they're a little bit predictable going forward. And then without Victor Rodriguez and Clint Dempsey yeah. and Kelvin Leardam, and yeah. you go up and down that line, I was like, I don't know if they're going to create chances. They did. Yeah. You know, they lacked the quality in the final third without those players that I just mentioned. Yeah. But, you know, they could sit here and say, we deserve three points, especially at home. Yeah. In saying that... LAFC impressed me in the fact yeah. that the front four, the first 20 to 25 minutes, they were all over the place. And Carlos Vela's worth every single penny that they've paid. Yes. Prime of his career, dictated the tempo of the game. I thought he was disappointing in the second half, but quite honestly, LAFC was. Right. Um, the problem for LAFC, for me, and I think you would agree with this, they were too spread out. Yes. And you know this as an attacking player, particularly in wide areas. Mm -hmm. That limited Blessing and Rossi in the yes. second half. We saw very little from them. And Simon was defending too deep. Jakovic was there. But if not for Tyler Miller, I think LAFC leaves here with no points. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't agree more with that. Um, speaking of Seattle, you just mentioned that there's no Jordan Morris for the season. Mm -hmm. Do you think the squad Seattle has right now 
can take them back to an MLS Cup or do they, do they go and make a signing? Wow, that's a really good question because I think it depends on what you get out of Clint Dempsey. Yeah. So I think you get anywhere from 8 to 12 goals as long as he stays healthy. However, Clint Dempsey, Will Bruin, no matter what they're doing, none of them bring the stretch of the back line. Yeah. And for instance, I'm looking at you thinking of you as a player. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Buana came in. Oh, man. That's what I'm talking about. He came in. There's yeah. a different element to the team when you have some pace. Yeah. yeah. I think if Seattle wants to get back to MLS Cup or win MLS Cup for that matter, I think they've got to go out and get someone that's going to stretch the back line. And I quite honestly, I think they signed a designated player yeah. in the summer for that, if yeah. not sooner. Yeah. But if I was them, I'd wait till the World Cup. And I think the most difficult thing for MLS teams right now is signing big-name players going into a World Cup. Yeah. Steve, yeah. that's a gamble great for a lot of players to make a, a chance like three yeah. months before. Yeah. No, wait until the World yeah. Cup, see what your team does. Yeah. But for me, the biggest takeaway I'm, uh, I take on this, Seattle should have won. Yeah. And they didn't have any of the players that we talked about. Right. That's a positive sign, I think, for Brian Schmetzer. Right. Absolutely. And I'm a Seattle-based podcast. You're not a Seattle guy. You're a league-wide guy. So bigger picture in the league, what are some of the off-season stories that kind of caught your attention that you're looking forward to see play out? I know there's the Well, Nike. let me ask you, because you never get the opportunity yeah. to do it. What has stood out in your mind nationally? For me, it's the darlington Nagby trade. Yeah. I think a lot of us, for a long time, have been seeing, we know how good he can be. Is he going to fulfill that? And he's finally away from Caleb Porter in Portland. He's in Atlanta. Tata has no affinity to him. Mm-hmm. Either you, you play well, you play. You don't play well, you don't play. And when he got subbed out in the 60th minute yesterday, I know Darlington, and I spoke to him, that won't sit well with him. Because in Portland, he doesn't get taken out like that. No. Caleb knows him too well. So now I think he needs this to be in an environment where he's going to be tested, going to be pushed. And so that for me has been the biggest thing. And then there's Ziggy at LA. Um, because this team can challenge the Galaxy. Definitely on the pitch, if not off the pitch as well. Yeah, that I would agree with. It's funny you brought up those two because I was going to start with Atlanta. I think Atlanta struggles. Really? I'm, on, I'm on the outside looking in. Really? But I think Atlanta struggles, one, because they're not going to surprise anyone anymore. Yeah. But two... And Steve, you know this because you're a, a soccer, a football fan from around the world. Remember yeah. that the Galacticos were Real yes. Madrid, and yes. when they lost Macalele, that was it. They struggled. That was it. Never won again. Never. Carlos yeah. Carmona mm. was an unsung hero for that mm. team. Yeah. And I love two ex teammates, two real good friends of mine, Jeff Lorenowitz and Michael Parkers. Yeah. But they're at the end of their career. Yeah. The yeah. fact that Tato Martino is benching mm-hmm. Michael Parkers, playing Lorenowitz at center back, yeah. Yeah. and trying to have Nagby and Chris McCann do what Carmona does, yeah. I'm with you, buddy. I yeah. think the 60th minute sub, I think Darlington's got to work yeah. his rear end off because I don't think Tata cares. Yeah. I don't, if the job isn't being done, I don't think he cares. Yeah. So Atlanta's interesting. I think Orlando City's interesting as mm. well. Because last year, and I think I saw you for one of the playoff games, and we were talking about this, yeah. Chicago had an amazing one-year turnaround. Yes. But then they fell flat in the playoffs. Yeah. I think Orlando could be that team where one year you change all those players, it comes together, they have a yeah. good regular season, do they have enough? That is a fan base that I know a lot of people here in Seattle don't really know well enough. Mm-hmm. That is dying. Yeah. Dying for winners. Yeah. They haven't won. They didn't even come close to yeah, it. You know what true. I mean? Wow. And people here in Seattle, you know it better than yeah. anyone. Nine years? Nine years in the playoffs. <laughs> like, it, it's inevitable. It's Orlando yeah. City's like, can we get in? Yeah. They're a lot like Toronto was yes. where Before, they couldn't get yes. in. Yeah. The Western Conference is more unpredictable to me. I, I don't know what to think of LA. I, I like what Ziggy's done with the Galaxy mm-hmm. attacking-wise. 
But is Ola Kamara a system player right. with Greg Berhalter? Right. And what I mean by that, if Giazzi Zarda scores 15 goals or more this year, you can't make an ar- you, you can't argue. Greg Berhalter right. is the, yes. can make something out of yeah. nothing. Yeah. Because that's the same yeah. player that we all saw Absolutely. in L.A. Yeah. Uh, I like Alessandrini. I like Giovanni Dos Santos. I like Sebastian Legette. But I don't think L.A. can defend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they don't score three goals a game, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, so that's unpredictable. I think Portland is very unpredictable without very. Caleb. However, I find it odd, and people in Seattle listening to this podcast are going to kill me, or <laughs> they probably turned it off already, <laughs> is that it's still got Adi, Diego Valeri, Diego Chara. Yeah, Liam Ridgewell. Like, think about yeah. it, right? So yeah. it's not like they, they lost oh, that many players, no. and actually they got a little younger with yeah. some of the players brought yeah. in. So yeah. I, I like Savarisi a lot, and I've wanted him in Major League Soccer for the last three or four years. But it's like Caleb Porter's gone, and now all of a sudden everybody's like, I don't know about Portland. I still think they're going to have something to say about the Western Conference. Last two questions. One, I'm going to put you out on a limb. Who do you think gets the Golden Boot Mm -hmm. and the MVP? That's a really good one. Um, I would think Golden Boot, and health is always a huge part of it. I'd have a tough time not putting my hat on Joseph Martinez Mm. right now because he can score goals in bunches. Yeah. But are you really not going to take Javinko? Right. Right. So those two come to the top of my head. MVP is the hardest one in the world because yeah. there, there was a time in Major League Soccer, Mike McGee won MVP. Yeah. 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 I do remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's moments cool. where yeah. the bigger question, Steve, and I, whenever people ask me about Golden Boot, uh-huh. what scares me is when's the next time an American's going to win that? Great question. Great question. How many goal yeah. scorers in Major League Soccer are American? Yeah. I mean, the biggest one I would say at this point, Josie Altidore. Yeah. That's, you know, Clint Dempsey's on the back end of his career. Jordan Morris is not playing this year. That's a fantastic Right, so, so you've got yeah. CJ Sapong, okay? Yeah. You've got Dom Dwyer now that he's a citizen. You've got yeah. um, Christian Agu- Ramirez. Agudelo. Agudelo, right? Yeah. So you look at it, there's a question. Mm. But, you know, there was a time in MLS where yeah. us Americans could yeah. score goals. <laughs> now all of a sudden it's like a, it's a <laughs> foregone conclusion. It's going to be a foreigner. I think it's hard. Who who do you think wins a golden boot? I went with the two guys in New York, either Bradley Wright Phillips That's a good call. or David Villa. Yep. If Villa can get the service, I he's one of the best I've seen in this league. So But I, my goodness, if he plays another thirty four games on yeah, injured, I will tip my cap. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, a feat. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I don't know about that. Yeah. My I, very last question to yes. if you had a health healthy career, no issues. And I really know what I think. Do you think you'd have broken the yes. MLS goals record? Yes. Where would you have maybe got to? That I don't know. Yeah. And, and the reason why I tell you that, Steve, I, and it's not was a... It, was it like 100 and 130 games? I mean, it was ridiculous. Ritual. It's not a... Yes, but Steve, you know this better than anyone. Yeah. I was a product of the players around me. Yeah. And I will never sit here and tell anyone. And it's not being humble or coy. It's right. honest. Yeah. My job on that team... If I, I that team looked at that roster and said, if we can get him chances, he can score goals. Yeah. But I also took responsibility and said, I better. Yeah. But that's I was yeah. born to score goals, Steve. Yeah. I was not born to do anything else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So when I looked at that team, Steve Rawson, Pat Newton, Clint Dempsey, uh, you go Shari up into Shawry Joseph, right? <laughs> that, I, I don't even think of Shawry because he's a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Jay Heaps, who was good Man, going forward. Good Joe team. Franchino going yeah. forward. Connell Smith had yeah. some yeah. moments. Yeah. Like Andy Dorman, Jeff yeah. Lorenowitz, Ooh. Michael Parkers. So I, Jeff, you, know, you know what I mean, Steve? Yeah. I should have scored goals. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, in saying that, um, yeah, I mean, I was 28, Steve. <laughs> now, the only pickle to that question is 
I had the work permit to go to England, oh. and I wanted to go. Oh, there you go. Okay? Yeah. So there may have been a point where I actually left. Yeah, before, 28, yeah. right in the prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My contract was there. But, um, Steve, you know this better than anyone. When injuries come, yeah. I, we all had a run. Yeah. No matter what happens, yeah. I, there isn't a time that goes that I think about it. Right. Right. I know that may sound weird, and people listening mm-hmm. may not believe me. I don't think about yeah. it, dude. Yeah. I really don't. I'm with you on that, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I had, I, before you let me go, there is a thrill. I had many thrills of my announcing mm-hmm. career. Yeah. And you're not going to believe this because I'm sitting here talking to you, but yeah. the reality is I was here for the playoff game, and you made your comeback. I think I remember this. We, you spoke, came, we spoke that night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you, it was against L.A. Against Sean Franklin. Yep. And yeah. you guys were down 3-0. 3-0. Yeah. And you came in the second half. Yeah. There was an energy to this stadium um, that I had never really seen. Mm-hmm. But there was also, Steve, and you should know this mm-hmm. from me on this podcast, because I would tell you off it, but pe- people yeah. publicly should know this. Yeah. Seeing you overcome yeah. that adversity, I took a little piece of that. Yeah. Because I would have loved yeah. I would have loved to have done that. Yeah. And um yeah. I'll always remember it, buddy. Every time I see you, Adrian, <laughs> Adrian Healy, who's my partner, we look at each other and I'm like, remember yeah. that? I'm like, Steve, yeah. really? you came in and then it was three two, and then it was if I'm not mistaken, there was a the penalty. Robert yes. Keane on Adam. He Johansson's lifted hand, it, lifted it into his you hand. You can make an argument that he it's, did it on purpose, but yes. fair enough. Robbie yeah. Keane, I tip yeah. your cap to you. Yeah, and then he scored a penalty, and that was an unbelievable yeah. moment yeah. for me calling yeah. that and seeing your <laughs> you come in. That must have been awesome. No, thank. How you. do you like this media gig? I love it. I love it, and I watch everything. So I watch you. I watch Herc. I watch what all you guys are doing, especially the former players who've transitioned and yep. are doing it well. And here in Seattle, obviously. Um, they've made it as easy as possible for me, just to let me kind of learn on the job. But yeah, but it's, I'm you also got to give yourself some credit, dude, because yeah. you've been willing to learn and willing yes. to do some work. Yes. I enjoy yes. it. Yeah. I think Seattle and the Sounder fans should realize mm-hmm. I their local broadcasts are unbelievable. Yeah. You guys yeah. are so good. Yeah. It's infor- it actually feels like a national broadcast, yeah. in my it, opinion. It does. Yeah. It, it's just yeah. a great situation, and I'm proud of you because it's good to see people to do the second thing because – we can't play forever. No, exactly. Everyone knows that now. So thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Dude, you're my man. Always good to see you. That was Taylor Twelman, one of the best forwards in MLS history. I just paid him 10 bucks to say that. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'll have more on Winging It with Zakuani after this break. Winging it! To the middle. New hoop. Big drag! Oh, big save by Miller! LAFC wins the ball. Big drag! Off the bar! Only man! On the left-hand side, into the box, still Bawana. Bawana looking for Will Bruin, up in the air. And welcome back to Winging It with Zach Wani. Really good stuff there from Taylor Twelman. Um, definitely, um, if you didn't get a chance to watch Taylor Twelman play, I'm sure there are YouTube highlights and a lot of people who did see him play, you feel very fortunate. His career you know, was cut short. That's unfortunate, but he's transitioned really well into his post-playing career now. And it was great to have him. So thanks again t- to Taylor Twelman. Before we go, of course, I want to give you my three big things, the things I'm thinking about right now. Number one for the Sounders is, of course, this game on the horizon against Chivas Guadalajara. Saturday night, I stayed home and I watched Liga MX. I watched um, the Super Classical, I believe they call it, between Club America and Chivas Guadalajara. 
I was shocked that they are 17th place in Liga MX because the team I saw looks very, very good. You always know you're going to get technical players in that league and the style of play, the passing, the movement, it's exceptional. And Club America is the powerhouse this year. They are number one. They're the team that's supposed to win the Champions League and win everything. And in this game, which usually happens in rivalry games, derby games, where form goes out of the window and you just compete. It was an end-to-end game. It was fantastic. There so many chances. It was open. And I kept thinking for Chivas Guadalajara, they were at home. In that stadium, it's going to be very tough for the Sounders to get a result. It's not impossible. Of course not. But I've played in games, going to Santos Laguna, going to Monterrey. It's very, very tough to get a result there. When you get the first leg at home, you've got to take advantage. So my big thing for the sound is, is you go, I don't want to use the term all out, but as close to that without being all out as possible. Clint Dempsey will be nice and rested. He has 90 minutes in him. There's no MLS game at the weekend for the Sounders. And so you go out and try and get a result. You win 2-0 or 3-1. You go to Mexico with a cushion and then tell Chivas, you need to come out and ask us questions in the second leg. And then, of course, you're going to have openings of your own to get goals at the other end. It's going to be a big game. Do not let Chivas's league table position fool you. They are the real deal. It's going to be a very tough game. Number two, I sat down in preseason with Handwala Buana. And I bring this up because over the years, people have asked me, you know, I had a very distinct playing style. It's pick up the ball from the halfway line. And if I see space, I'm running into it. And there's stepovers and there's tricks and there's feints. And you learn that kind of style just playing on the street. That wasn't coached into me. I had coaches that encouraged me to do it more and more. Um, growing up in college and also in the pros, when they said, no, that's the way you play, you should do it. But you don't always see players that play that way. Um, the closest one I can think of that the Sounders had in recent memory was Olex Anderson, but he was different. He was more explosive, more powerful. Um, it wasn't really kind of the, the smooth stepovers and playing one-twos and coming inside. But I see a lot of that in Buana. We saw a little cameo at the weekend and there's nothing to go overboard about yet. But first touch, crossbar. Second time he got the ball, step over, cut, step over, cross. Will Bruin puts the ball in the back of the net offside that's exciting that's a young kid who used to sit in the stands watching us play he's now out there in his what is his hometown now in front of thousands of fans and he didn't look nervous he looked composed he looked calm and you can't coach that so I'm hoping with time 10 minutes here 20 minutes there more and more training sessions we are watching the early stages of someone who can be the Sounders' next exciting winger. Someone who's going to stay wide the whole game and make things happen. And number three. This one has been coming up often. People have asked me because they know of the friendship we have now. Um, And with Jordan Morris going out, it's come even more into question. What can we expect from Clint Dempsey this season? Well, if you watch the second leg against Santa Tecla... The answer is more of the same of what he's done since being in Seattle. Got the assist to Nico Lodero. Everything good the Sounders did went through him or Nico Lodero as it should be and as often has been. And so Clint Dempsey is on the twilight end of his career. We don't know how long he's going to play. But as long as he's out there, he's the kind of guy who's always going to bring it. If Clint Dempsey felt he no longer had that level, his level would drop off and he would, he would leave. He'd retire, he'd go away quietly and he'd fish for the rest of his life. 
if he's out there, it's because he feels he's still at that level. He still is the man. He still can compete. Why is that important? Because you're going to need him to be the man. If the Sounders don't go out and sign a DP forward, then it's Clint Dempsey and Will Burin who you're depending on to give you 20 goals, 25 goals between them. Does Clint still have it in him? That's the challenge. But he's a man who's always risen to challenges. If you want hope of beating a team like Chivas and getting your MLS season back on track, Clint Dempsey is a guy they're going to have to depend on, at least until the summer, which is the best, most realistic time, as Taylor also mentioned, to get a new DP striker. You'll see where your team's at. You'll see what you're really lacking. It won't be a knee-jerk reaction to the Jordan Morris injury. But I have complete confidence in him. And to everyone who's asked me, what do I think we'll get from him? 8 to 12 goals, 5 to 8 assists, and lots of back heels, lots of flicks, a couple yellow cards, but the same old Clint Dempsey. Well, that's all we have time for on this week's episode of Winging It with Zach Warney. As always, thanks for join us, joining us and tuning in. Like, comment, share, subscribe, do all of that. Wherever you listen to this podcast, we're going to continue to bring you exclusive access, behind the scenes, thoughts, recaps, previews of everything happening. Um, I'm Steve Zakwani. I'm your host. This was Winging It with Zakwani. Thanks for tuning in.